0: Tasneem Kadiri, Tax Director at L'Oreal and Chair of Women in Tax, shares some of the secrets behind her career success in this episode. You'll hear about the importance of taking control of your career, Tasneem's philosophy on tax leadership and how Tasneem goes about improving and developing herself. This is episode 66 of the Tax Professionals Podcast and episode 9 of the Tax Career Success Secret Series where high-achieving tax professionals share the secrets behind career success.
1: Welcome to the Tax Professionals Podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you improve your tax career. Here's your host, Jack Bonehill.
0: Hi and welcome to this episode of the Tax Professionals Podcast. I've known of Tasneen for some time, but I've not had the chance to actually speak to her until fairly recently. She's so passionate and enjoys what she does and has built herself an excellent personal brand, posting regularly on LinkedIn, writing tax articles and now being chair of Women in Tax. She's also won the tallest Taxation Award for Best In-House Tax Leader. I think this speaks for itself. And while she has achieved great things in her career, it hasn't always been smooth sailing. Tasneem describes herself as having the cards stacked against her. Being Indian, being a female who's short in height and having children. And she's had some difficult times because of this. And whilst these things shouldn't make a difference, we're still unfortunately in a world where they do. But despite this, Tasneem has still achieved what she has, and it's inspiring hearing what she has done to achieve this. There's some great points for you to take away from her stories. In the episode, you'll hear an overview of her career, how she's achieved what she has, how having kids has helped her achieve more in her career, how she has dealt with imposter syndrome, how she figured out where she wanted to take her career, her methods for improving and developing herself, her philosophy on leadership and the advice she would give to her younger self knowing what she knows now. Rough timings for each of these sections can be found within the detailed section of the episode of In Your Podcast Player or by heading on over to the show notes for this episode at thetaxprofessionalspodcast.com forward slash ttpp66. ttp ttpp66 just stands for the Tax Professionals Podcast episode 66. Just to note, this is the only link you'll need to remember, as all the other links mentioned throughout this episode can be found here, thetaxprofessionalspodcast.com forward slash ttpp66. For other episodes of the Tax Career Success Secrets series with other guests, head on over to Podcast.com forward slash T-C-S-S and that just stands for Tax Career Success Secrets. There's been many great guests including Heather Self and Kate Rothwell for those of you who are interested in more from the women in tax scene. You can make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes too by heading on over to thetaxprofessionalspodcast.com forward slash subscribe. CTA students, which could be you or some people you know, might be interested in the free study checklist that I've created now that the exams are back to close book for May 2023. The checklist is to help make sure students prepare for the exams properly and dedicate the required time in order to pass. Download the checklist at Podcast.com forward slash study checklist. If you have anyone in mind who you think would benefit from this, then please send the link over to them. If like me, you're interested in knowing what you're worth in terms of salary, then get in touch with James from the Tax Recruitment Company to benchmark what you're currently on. From his interaction with many different businesses and tax professionals, he has current knowledge of salary rates based on experience and specialism. Speaking with James could help you to negotiate a pay rise or determine its time to find a new role. Contact details for James can be found in the show notes for this episode, thetaxprofessionalspodcast.com forward slash ttpp66, We can book a chat with him by heading on over to com forward slash salary chat to get in touch with James to benchmark your salary, discuss potentially available roles, particularly if you work in corporation tax as he's currently recruiting for many roles in this area. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. Could you just start off by giving us a bit of an introduction about yourself and uh, your tax career journey so far?
1: brilliant um hi jack thank you so much for having me on the tax podcast really honored to be on here so i'm tasneem kadiri and i am the uk and ireland tax director at l'oreal um in terms of my career history i started off as an auditor um, so i studied for my chartered accountancy and i then moved um from a really small accountancy firm to a medium-sized accountancy firm called Buzzacott, And there I completed my um, accountancy exams. I then moved on to my first role in tax, which was with a company called Rawlinson & Hunter. Um, and that was an amazing experience. You know, I got to... I was involved in all sorts of different clients, all sorts of compliance, advisory, etc. And it was great because that was my first role in tax. And it was just such an interesting and weary role, given the different clients I represented. And then... Um, after uh, I then decided, I did my CTA, I decided it was time to move in-house. So my first in-house role was with a company called Axonobel. Nobel. I joined them as tax manager there. It, at the start, I focused more on corporation tax, but then as the role progressed, I got more involved within other taxes like VAT, employment tax, international tax, etc., and then that then led me on to my current role at L'Oreal, and I have been here for just over seven years now.
0: Yeah. So do you feel like now you've, you've gone to like in-house tax rolls that you'll stay there for life or can you ever see yourself potentially moving out as well?
1: I think you know I I love both practice and in-house and I really when I look back I really do value my practice experience but I think having been in-house for you know 12 years now I think yeah for me personally I mean obviously never say never but I think in-house is my kind of my passion and I feel you know you're so close to business you never know what's going to come your way and it's it's great to be embedded in business decisions and just be working with the business commercially from like start to finish of a project so I'd say my heart lies in industry
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I think um Probably a lot of people would like both, but tend to have a bit of a preference to one or the other. And for you, by the sounds of it, then it's definitely with the with the in-house side.
1: Yes, correct.
0: Mm-hmm. So kind of outside of your, I suppose, direct career, if you want to call it that, you, you also volunteer for the Women in Tax as well, right? And you're currently yes. the chair?
1: Correct. I'm the chair of Women in Tax.
0: How did that come about?
1: So I first got involved with Women in Tax. Um, a number of years ago is really interesting actually how I got involved I had an idea for an event I um, spoke to Heather Self about it so Heather was um, the chair two chairs ago she and she was also the founder of Women in Hats and I had an idea for an event Um, and then when she spoke to me she's you know when I told her about my idea for the event she's like why don't you join the committee Um, and I was like really quite taken aback and I was like wow this is an amazing opportunity so then I got involved in the committee and I used to lead comms so that was my main role on the committee was like the comm side of it etc and then having been there for a few years I um, got asked you know a few times like by the previous chair who was Rhiannon whether I'd like to consider taking on chair and I remember thinking about it for quite a while Um, you know, just because obviously it is an extra responsibility outside the day job, etc. But I'm really happy I took on that opportunity. Um, So I guess it kind of, I guess it all started from, I guess you could say, an idea for an event. And I never would have realised all those years ago that it would lead me to then becoming chair of Women in Tax. And I guess my, my learning on that is, I guess, to others, to listeners, is you know, never be afraid about, you know, suggesting ideas, you never know where it could lead you to and what path it could create you to in the future. Like, I mean, I think five years ago, or even, you know, if I go back seven years ago, someone had said to me that I'd become chair of women in tax, I would have just never, have you know, even thought of the possibility. Um, but yeah, I just I love what I do for it. And it's great to make a difference to the wider tax profession.
0: Yeah, it's always surprising how you can do something so small that it ends up leading to something so big in a way. You just need to take that first step every time, don't you?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So obviously you've already achieved um, a lot of good things in your career. Uh, I noticed that you had the Tollers Awards in 2020 for the best in-house tax leader, which I'm sure felt great for you at the time. You've also become tax director at L'Oreal. And you're also the chair for women in tax, and this is just like a a few of the achievements that I can at least see from a a brief search online and the chat that we had previously. But I do know at the same time that from when we spoke before, that you have it hasn't always been, I suppose, smooth sailing for you. And there's kind of been two significant points that you pointed out to me that you feel have changed the course of your career, maybe even your drive and your ambition as well with that. And um, those that you mentioned to me were the when you had your first child, and also um, one day when you were really frustrated at work could you just tell us and, and and everyone else a bit about both of those experiences please and how you felt they kind of almost helped the direction or changed the path of, of, of your career from what you're on before
1: yes of course so i'd say um You know, after I had my first child, I I actually had a really, really tough pregnancy throughout the whole nine months. I was sick throughout it. Like, you know, most women get morning sickness for the first three months. I had it throughout my whole pregnancy. And it wasn't just morning. It was like throughout the whole day. I couldn't even stomach water and things like that. So I went through a really tough period, I'd say, during my pregnancy. You know, you know, I was working full time then, etc. So it was a it was a real I think, you know, it, it was a tough time. And it did affect my confidence and things like that. But then at the same time, I really feel after I had not just my first child, but my second child, in a way, I somehow they just invoked this drive in me. And they just kind of like made me even more determined to succeed, despite, you know, having the odds stacked against me as a working mom, as an ethnic minority, etc., um, somehow they just invoked this passion in me that you know I was even more committed to succeed Um, and even the second pregnancy was really tough I had like pre- you know sickness throughout it etc but I don't know like I think when I look back I feel like my kids really inspired me Um, and you know they're the reason why you know I work so hard and you know I achieve the things I do I think they really drive me you know a lot of it is for them um so I guess that's the, that's the first um point you talked about the second point about you know the the point you know the conversation I had with my husband so this I remember going home frustrated one day and saying to him that I'm just you know I think I just felt quite deflated like and again I think it's imposter syndrome etc saying to him that you know, I'm a bit frustrated, you know, I go to meetings and you know, I'm not really listened to, I'm not heard her, you know, you know, no, you know, no one kind of takes the point seriously. And then he turned around and said to me, Well, what do you expect? Um, and he meant this in a way for me to wake up that you know, what do you expect, Hasmim? You're um, you're a mother, you're an ethnic minority or Indian, you look younger than you are, you're quite petite. You know, all of these things He's he was saying to me, like, you know, if you've got like people who are like really big personalities and if you're not going to speak up for yourself, they are going to carry on doing this for you. I guess what he was saying to me was like, there's you know, the cards are stacked up again, they were stacked up against me, you know, having so many different elements of intersectionality. And then it, I think to me, it really made me think, And then I started speaking up more for myself. And, you know, I stopped being, I guess you could say, I hate using this term, so nice. Um, It's not, you know, you don't stop being nice. But I think there's certain times when you have to stand up for yourself and speak up. And then when I actually took his advice on, like initially it was a bit uncomfortable for me to do those things. I started to see a change in the way people, you know, would talk to me, etc., I mean, I mean, looking back, it's a shame I had to do that. But at the same time, I think when the cards are stacked against you, you do sometimes have to initially do these things to prove yourself. And then once I did prove myself, um, then things were so much smoother. And, you know, I didn't have I didn't have those occurrences where I had to stand up for myself. But that was, I would say, quite a tough part of my career. Um, And I'd say it was one of those cases where it's almost like you sink or swim. And luckily I did swim through that (laughs) and I came out for the better.
0: (laughs) How do you think you went then about proving yourself? Because I think you did mention that a few times, like once you proved yourself, people started taking you more seriously and stuff. How do you think you went about doing that?
1: Um, So I think, you know, I remember, I think I started talking a bit more about my achievements, et cetera. Like I think previously, and I think this is a common thing that can happen to women, not just women, but to men as well, but more commonly to women is that, you know, we don't really, we feel afraid if we, to talk about our achievements. Like, you know, whether it's inside of work or outside of work, like it's just, sometimes it can be to do with the way you're brought up or general society, et cetera. And for me, you know, that, I used, I never used to kind of talk about my achievements, etc. But then, you know, I got myself a mentor, I also got myself a coach externally myself. Um, And it kind of I realized that that was, you know, I had to start changing certain things. And it was okay to actually talk about achievements, etc. There's nothing wrong. I remember someone saying to me that, if you're actually talking about if you're actually talking about a fact that's true, you're not bragging. You're just actually talking about the reality. Like, you know, quite often women are made to feel like they brag if they talk about the achievements. But um, you know, I think that's that can be a common, I guess, you know, mistake they can make, whereas it's a bit more comfortable for others to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's um <laughs> for me, I'm like. The complete opposite, I suppose, to you in a way, because I am a white male and we're meant to be like the most privileged people in the world, aren't we? Which is stupid to say, and I hate the fact that it's like that. But I think it just, there still is a bit of that around, I think, even if it's like an undertone now compared to it being out there in the open like what it would have been maybe 20 years ago or something like that. So it's just interesting hearing about it from a different perspective. I suppose like the complete opposite, your perspective could not be any more opposite to me, (laughs) I suppose, in a way. And so it's nice to just sort of see that and understand it, so then we can do something about it. But you are right. I agree with you. You shouldn't have to almost like do those things in the first place. But I think we are in a world where you almost have to take responsibility for your own direction and and responsibility to get yourself where you want to be. And I think that's exactly what you did in that situation. It was the ignition that came from that conversation with your husband that one day.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I guess one point to add to that also is, and I think I didn't intentionally go about doing this, but I think um, unintentionally, I also managed to create like my own personal brand as well. It just kind of grew organically, and I think you know, just knowing yourself or being authentic. Um, so even when you are, say, standing up for yourself, you're still true to yourself. You're still like you're not having to change you as a person. But sometimes there's just certain situations where you need to adapt. But I think key thing is knowing you know who you are as a person what values matter to you and what is your personal brand I think that's really key as well in all of this to succeed
0: yeah it's interesting saying that actually because I I knew of you a long time before I first messaged you I think because of your personal brand so what is your kind of perspective on that then is it because I know you do stuff on LinkedIn sometimes you're obviously part of like women in tax and stuff and they must all help your personal brand do you think there's anything Mm -hmm. else that you do on top of that
1: um I think you know I quite occasionally I mean I don't get much time to do this but I do quite enjoy writing articles um and I think you know the other things that help me is like my other passion outside of tax is D&I diversity equity and inclusion so I've done a lot of work even outside of women in tax like I've done, I've been involved in other pillars and even within L'Oreal, like I'm quite involved in the diversity and inclusion piece. So I think that actually, I'd say the other element of personal branding is things like that also help you. I guess when you follow your passion and when you do what you love. I think your personal brand just naturally comes because you write about the things that matter to you the things where you really want to make a difference um, and I think that's where you end up you know being quite different to others because you're following your passion
0: yeah do you think then you've built more of your personal brand then on things outside of tax and more so from the dni space for example
1: um I'd say it's probably been a mixture of the two. I'd say probably, obviously, women in tax is more on diversity, etc. But then we do do technical talks as well on tax. So I'd say it's, I'd say it's a mixture of the two. Yeah,
0: yeah, and but the more passion for you comes from the DNI stuff, which obviously makes it easier then for you to do those things more enjoyable for you. And uh, when you enjoy something, you want to do it more, I suppose, don't you? It's just natural.
1: Yes, exactly. I think it's just one of those things like I just really want to make a difference in that space. Um, And there's a Mother Teresa quote that I really like. It's, I alone cannot change the world, but I can throw a stone to create a ripple effect. Hopefully, I've got that quote correct. I can't (laughs) exactly that phrase, but I absolutely love that phrase. And I kind of think a lot about that about okay I may be taking small steps certain times but I don't know what ripple effect that might cause
0: yeah yeah and I'm sure given all the work you've done for wearing tax and and everything else that the ripples got quite big at this point
1: thank you <laughs>
0: just very briefly coming back to um when you had kids and how that kind of changed your mindset a little bit Can you remember that there being like a distinct difference between what your ambitions were before you had kids and after? Or was it always the same, but they just felt more motivated to get there afterwards?
1: Yeah, so I think I think my ambitions probably were always there before I had the kids. But I think after having them and because of the difficulties I went through while I was pregnant, etc., because they were tough, both tough pregnancies, it just made me even more determined and i think one thing i would say that really made a difference for me was my youngest he just has this ever since he was little he just had this like um fearless like temperament you know where he if he wanted to do something he was just so determined always and even now and i just i don't know when i look at him he really really like, I don't know, I feel like he really changed me as an individual. Like, even now, when he's older, I'll talk to him about things. And it's almost like having this wise little soul in life. And he'll kind of almost matter of fact, he'd be like, well, just go and ask for it. Just just go and ask for this, if that's what you want. And it's just like, I don't know, like, I feel like he just made me like realize that anything is possible and made me even more determined just by the way he is like just this like energy that he has and the fact that you know he's he's you know relentless when he wants to do something but relentless in a really good way like in that he's just determined to do it
0: yeah yeah it actually sounds like, as well, the way that he puts things across you makes you realize it's simpler than it probably is in your head. You've probably built it yeah. up to be something complicated, and everything in the kid's mind is more simple anyway, isn't it? But... Yeah,
1: absolutely. I agree. Yeah, he does help simplify things for <laughs> sure for me, and it's great having him.
0: <laughs> Maybe he's preparing to be a great tax advisor at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although he calls me a tax nerd. Obviously. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's an <laughs> ongoing joke. But actually one actually I'll tell you one phrase he did share with me what I do like. He actually refers to like a global head of tax as a tax CEO. So actually maybe that is something to think about. Maybe we need to change job titles to tax CEOs. I don't know. <laughs> <So> <laughs>
0: maybe. maybe, <yeah>. <laughs> maybe.
1: <laughs>
0: So you, you have mentioned previously to me that previous to me that a few times um you felt like you had imposter syndrome kind of kind of hard how how did you kind of deal with that and could you tell us a little bit about it please
1: yes sure so i would say though that was more i'd say uh, you know early on in my career um and i guess also you know when i started my role here as well it was a big step up you know going into like a bigger organisation and doing a director's role etc so i say The way I tackled it was, um, I'd say I've had a few um, ways to tackle it. Getting a mentor was really, really beneficial for me. And I think having a mentor was great because they help you see things differently. And it's great to have, you know, someone who understands your organization, understands the culture, um, the different stakeholders, et cetera. So I'd say, you know, having mentors have really helped me a lot during my career. Also um, you know, having a good network both internally and externally. Um, when I started here, it was quite a new role. When I say new role, like tax function was quite new. But what was also quite useful was there was a num- there were a number of other tax directors employed throughout Europe within our organization. And what was really great is having them we were all going through the same thing and having them as a network where we would bounce ideas off or even, you know, discuss where if we'd come across challenges. So I think having a good network, both internally and externally, knowing who are your cheerleaders in life is really important. Because I think, you know, everyone, I'm sure has points where, you know, they doubt themselves. But I think having those people who are gonna always cheer you on no matter what is so important. I'd say the other thing is um, it's really important to keep your vision in mind as well. Like always believe in that. Um, And that's also helped me overcome imposter syndrome.
0: In terms of vision, is that seeing where you want to be so then you can kind of figure out how to get there?
1: Yes, absolutely. I always say like you wouldn't drive a car without knowing where you need to get to so why would you do it with your career
0: yeah so how have you gone about kind of figuring out then where you wanted to go with your career because I know this is something that probably a lot of people want to do but because there's so much information out there it's Mm -hmm. almost like it feels impossible sometimes to make a decision on it so how did you kind of figure out I suppose where you wanted to go so then you could get there
1: yeah, so I think um, if I look back across my whole career, so I started off as an auditor, um, and I'm really glad, you know, I had that audit audit experience. But I always knew that I didn't want to stay in audit. Like, if I'm honest, I found it quite dull, but it gave me great foundation. So I'd always do that again if I was to start again. But what was interesting was even um, in the early days when I was doing my chartered accountancy. I, I was approached like quite a few times for roles in tax. So that was quite unusual. I always felt like, is this, this might sound odd, but is this some sort of side? Like <laughs> and, you know, initially I thought, oh, it's too early in my career. So I didn't really kind of um, in, you know, pursue those avenues. But then then a few more opportunities came up and again, they're in tax. So, I, And I always, what was also really good for me, it was because I started off in a small accountancy firm, I got to get involved in all aspects. Like, So what I mean by that is I worked on audit, accounts prep, payroll, tax. So tax was always there at the very start of my um, career. And tax was a part of my um, you know, experience that I really enjoyed the most. And I also enjoyed the tax paper the most as well when I did my um, accountancy exams. So I guess this is how I kind of knew that actually my passion lied in tax. And that's how I kind of that came about going into tax. And then in terms of, you know, knowing that I wanted to progress to like a tax director stroke head of tax role, I think that kind of came about. So, you know, when I got my first industry role, as I did more and more variety of different taxes, I realized that that was my ambition was to become, you know, a tax director Um And that I guess, yeah, that's where that came from when I was in industry. So I'd say things change as I went along. Um, And then, sorry, one thing I forgot to mention was when I graduated from university, I always had in my head that I'd want to join a really large accountancy firm. But now when I look back in hindsight, I think working for a small accountancy firm actually paid me real dividends because I probably wouldn't have had that flavor for tax early on so I, I'm a true believer in that everything happens for a reason
0: yeah I think actually that a lot of people when they graduate probably want to work for a big four because they're the ones that are all the careers fair as they make they sell they really do sell what it's like to work there don't they and make you feel like you'd be part of an amazing organization and and, and they are amazing organizations but I'm with you actually because I've never actually worked for a big four I feel like the experience that I've got from the smaller places I've worked is actually probably greater than the experience I would have got at a big four because I've been involved in so much more. I've got responsibility at a younger age. I've had more autonomy. I've got involved in a a wider variety of things like business development and stuff probably earlier than I would have in a big four. So actually, you know, I whilst as a graduate, I would not have wanted to go down the route I've gone down looking back, I think it's actually probably been better for me, at least anyway, I know it would wouldn't suit everyone. But for me, it's it's worked out. I feel like it's worked out well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I definitely agree with that.
0: I think as well, actually, one of the things, one of the things I took away when you were talking about the vision is I think your experiences have shaped your vision. So I think you just go to show that you need to experience things so that you can kind of figure out what it is that you want. If you don't ever try anything, then you're not going to be able to create a vision or any direction for your life. Is that yeah. probably a fair statement?
1: Yes, absolutely, hundred percent agree.
0: Just a reminder to benchmark your salary, find out what you're worth, or to discuss available tax roles, then get in contact with James at the Tax Recruitment Company. His contact details can be found at thetaxprofessionalspodcast.com forward slash ttpp sixty six, or you can book a call with him via thetaxprofessionalspodcast.com dot com forward slash salary chat. I think obviously to get to um, a role like like you have and have the career that you have so far, you need to be you need to be um, committed to improving and developing yourself because otherwise you just wouldn't be able to I suppose get the get the senior roles um that, that you have done how is it that you kind of go about improving and developing yourself Are you someone that likes to read for example or do you do it through experiences like how is it that you approach approach yeah. this
1: that's a really good question so i actually really love reading self-help books when i get time so self-development books i think that's really helped me i'd say like just you know getting ideas etc so that's really helped me build my leadership skills um having mentors as well like have really helped me shape my leadership skills because you know I've had, you know, my mentors show me different ways of doing things or thinking about things differently. And I think one thing I would say also is actually um, why both my mentors have been outside of tax. And actually, I think that's really helped me because it's made me think differently. And my scope hasn't just been narrowed just, you know, through a tax, you know, I guess tax goggles. Um, because obviously you know different functions have different skill sets so that's really helped my leadership skills obviously you know going on like um, internal training etc I think that goes without saying but I'd say you know I just I think it's really important to always want to keep developing yourself I'd say the other thing where which is really important for developing leadership skills is getting regular feedback about yourself I think that really helps shape you as a person. It makes you a better leader because sometimes we I think, you know, we all have blind spots. You don't know what you don't know. Right. But someone else might point it out to you. So that really helps. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that gives a few different um, you know, ways of getting leadership skills.
0: Yeah, I actually like the term used, tax goggles. I've I've never heard that one before, but I'm probably going to take it and use it in the future. I like it. Um, But actually, two of the things you said there are two things that I really like as well. So I really enjoy reading self-help books as well. Um, And as a kid, actually, I hated reading. So I think it was that I just hadn't found the type of books that I liked reading because, to me, anything unlike improving a soft skill or improving myself in some way, those books – books I like and feedback as well I'm a big fan of feedback I ask yes. for a lot of it and I actually think that's probably been the biggest driver for helping me to progress to where I am now actually and I always kind of encourage other people to get feedback as well but I've actually noticed that a lot of people are not interested in feedback whether it's receiving it or giving yes. it because I've done a few episodes actually on the podcast and they compared to other episodes they have done significantly worse. And I think that just goes to show that people are not as interested in it as they should be. Maybe I have tried to encourage.
1: Yeah, no, sorry, I meant to say that's so interesting. Actually, oh, because I I really think feedback is a gift. Yeah, it depends, I guess, how you look at it, and you have to be prepared to take it on. And I, yeah, and it has to obviously be well intended as well, right?
0: It does. Yeah, yeah, it does. I think don't get me wrong. there's times when I'm seriously not in the mood to receive any feedback, and there is a Same. time and place to give it, I think, and sometimes it's not the right time, but if you can get yourself in a good mindset for receiving it, and also if the person you want to give some feedback to is in the right mindset, then to me i would I would always I would always do it
1: mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: Have you kind of got any like philosophy do you think on on leadership because the impression the impression I get is that you would probably be quite a kind leader for example which is obviously not like how people would have painted leaders necessarily in the past so have you kind of got your own philosophy on it that you kind of follow and uh, that guide you when you're I suppose leading people
1: yeah I'd say for me probably one of my biggest leadership skills is my energy and my passion that always comes up like that always like people always tell me like internally etc like how much they notice about how like passionate I am about tax and like how much energy I have. And I think that actually probably helps me the most in terms of like, you know, if I look at all my leadership skills, I think that passion and energy. And I think like, you know, just making tax interesting as well. I think, you know, you it helps draw people in internally. Um, I think, yeah, so I'd say those are like my big things that really helped me internally and also make my leadership skills, my leadership style, I guess, unique and authentic, because it—that that is me as a person. Like, you know, I I just you know, naturally energetic and quite passionate.
0: Yeah. How do you think then you kind of harness that to, to lead people? Then is it just that you feel like your passion means that people get motivated and want to do things, or do you kind of try and use it in a strategic way to, to help?
1: Yeah, so I'd say it's probably a bit of both. Yeah, I think, you know, when people see my energy, and the fact that, you know, I do really enjoy what I do, I think that motivates them. And then I think, yeah, the strategic aspect is, you know, obviously, when you're working in taxes, you know, a big part of that is being compliant, right? So I think, you know, at times, you know, we we do in tax, you have to be quite strict, etc, you have to make sure guidelines are followed, etc. But again, I think, you know, my leadership style helps with that, because, you know, getting people's buy in is so crucial when it comes to tax. And, you know, being enthusiastic about a topic and also explaining to people why it matters helps as well. Um, And I think if you can explain it, which brings you know interest in the listener they're more likely to be onboarded with your topic
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense it makes sense kind of just moving on then a little bit so obviously you are involved in women in tax and how do you think that that's had a like a benefit how do you think that's had a beneficial impact on your tax career
1: um so I think You know, I think as a result of women in tax, I think a lot of people in the wider tax profession have obviously got to know me because, you know, there's lots of events we do. We do coffee mornings, etc. You know, we did like we sourced a whole load of female writers for a big tax publication recently. So I think, you know, it's you know, organically it's kind of i guess like even though i didn't set out to do that it's just made a lot more people aware um the other thing i think where women in tax has really helped as well the profile is you know we were really fortunate this year to win the tollies um nonprofit organization prize um so that was an amazing achievement i think for women in tax like you know we were all just like So honoured to get that award. But again, I think it's really um, increased our profile, I would say. I'd say, you know, the other way I guess Women in Tax has impacted me as an individual is it's also helped me to give something back to others. You know, knowing like you know, I spoke earlier on on the podcast some of like the challenges I went through, um, you know, all the different kind of like intersectionality channel challenges like DNI etc. I think because I've been through certain things myself, um, I'm able to then you know help advise others. So I think it's great to be able to give back. And to also make a difference, you know, in the tax profession, you know, we work with other bodies as well, like we regularly have other organisations approaching us. And it's great to have that influence on the tax profession. Of course, we have a long way to go um, to gender equality in the tax profession. But I do think, you know, it's helped make a difference.
0: Yeah, no, it absolutely has. I remember actually seeing the pictures on LinkedIn when you won the uh, <laughs> the, the Tollies Award. You all looked absolutely ecstatic and... Uh... and and so you so you should yeah great achievement so obviously compared to the start of your career you obviously know a lot more now much more knowledgeable I'm sure you consider yourself more wise as well so if you could kind of talk to your younger self and give your younger self some career advice what do you think it would be
1: I think I would say um it's important to be authentic um and be true to yourself and don't worry about what others think of you. I think that'll probably be the biggest like advice I'd give to my younger self that, you know, it's so important not to be, not to try and please people um, and also not to change leadership style just because you think, you know, you have to conform to like the typical leadership style. So I say those are the pieces of advice I'd give to my younger self.
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah no I like that actually i I remember quite early on in my career I was working with two people who used to work in in Big Four and both of them said to me that they just thought I would not suit Big Four at all just because of my kind of personality and stuff because i've always I've always wanted to just be completely me at work and because I'm quite an opinionated person and I want to try and improve things and better things they just told me that I would not suit Big four because of that because typically um i think they pre- would prefer you to just go along with what what's already there and in place kind of thing but yeah i agree about being authentic cuz if you're not authentic anyway i just don't see how you can enjoy your work no, you know, absolutely. If, if you're acting like someone you're not for you know the majority of the week, I just feel like that's a miserable existence on top of it anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and you know, I have made that mistake earlier on in my career. You know, when maybe I wasn't as confident, etc. But yeah, I really do believe in that statement because ultimately that'll just there's only so long you can carry on like that, and it, it doesn't make you you know happy as a person.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. So for anyone that is in the position where they want to basically improve themselves, progress and develop their tax careers, and just, I suppose, achieve success, whatever that means to them, what advice have you got for them, Tasneem?
1: Sure. So I'd say really important to develop a growth mindset, And, you know, not letting setbacks dishearten you, but rather think about what would you do differently if you're faced with the same issues, the same challenges again. I'd say also it's really clear to have clear goals and visions about where you want to get to. Um, You know, I mentioned this earlier, like you wouldn't drive a car without knowing your final destination. So why do it with your career? I think, you know, we've already touched on so important to be yourself. So I say that's a really big piece of advice I'd give to people. Um, And I guess just, you know, for people to know what is your passion, what drives you is so important to do something that you enjoy because we spend so many hours working and, you know, you need to do something you enjoy to be truly happy and fulfilled.
0: I'm just going to very briefly come back to the... um... authenticity point I think another point on the authenticity thing is that there are so many great tax professionals out there who can provide tax advice who know the tax rules and stuff and I think actually the way that you can separate yourself in your career is to be be you because that is the part that separates you from other tax advisors and if you don't if you don't do that then you just become another tax advisor and I suppose there's nothing that sets you apart from the rest really in a way.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's so important to be your true self and be authentic as a leader.
0: So if people want to learn uh, more about you, Tasneem, where are the best places for them to go?
1: Ah, uh, So I think probably they can see quite a lot on me in LinkedIn. Um, so on LinkedIn, you know, I, I post quite regularly. And my posts definitely will show more. There's also some articles I've written, which I've shared on LinkedIn. So I think that's probably the place where you probably find the most about me. Um, And typically on LinkedIn, I post about like, you know, a variety of different topics. And I think it kind of, it does give quite a lot about what I'm about as a person.
0: Yeah. Good. I will put link a link to your LinkedIn into the um, show notes anyway. And um, I'll also put a link in there for women in tax as well for anyone that wants to take a look at that too.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They can obviously find out more on women in tax. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> show notes for this episode are at the taxprofessionalspodcast.com forward slash TTPP66. All the links mentioned throughout this episode are included here, including a link to Tasneem's LinkedIn and the link to the free CTA study checklist. If you know of anyone who you think would benefit from the checklist, please could you send them a link. To make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes of the podcast with guests like Tasneem, make sure you subscribe by heading on over to thetaxprofessionalspodcast.com forward slash subscribe. And if you like this episode in particular, then you can head on over to thetaxprofessionalspodcast.com forward slash T-C-S-S, which stands for Tax Career Success Secrets, to listen to other episodes of the Tax Career Success Secrets series. But that's it for this episode hope you enjoyed the episode and have taken away some useful points to help you to progress, develop and improve your tax career. Until next time.